0: We're going to throw away 3,000 plus lives every year for a million five hundred thousand bucks. Absolutely unacceptable.
1: Hello and welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach Shannon Keegan. Do you enjoy marathon swim stories? Tell a friend about it or leave a review with your podcast provider. Want to give some feedback? I'd love to hear from you. Shannon at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good morning! Steven, thank you so much for being
0: my guest today on Marathon Swim Stories. Please tell me, what's your story? Hi, good morning, Shannon. Thank you. So my swim story and and, and the reasons I swim and the reasons I absolutely am enamored with and love swimming in the water and will be for the rest of my life are varied and complex. But the, 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 the reality has to begin with my paternal grandmother drowned and died when my father was two years old. Oh my goodness. uh, In Pennsylvania, and she couldn't swim. And so uh, that was a story I I always grew up with, that always had some impact on me. And then when I was a young man, uh, I was raised by my grandparents, my maternal grandparents. uh, And I remember my maternal grandmother, my maternal grandmother couldn't swim. Mm -hmm. And so coming from a generation in the thirties and forties and earlier, uh, there was not a lot of influence among even uh, 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 middle class uh, educated people. Recognizing that my grandmother was the first female chemist in the United States. Oh, wow. Uh, and she worked for TWA, not a swim story. But uh, so she couldn't swim. So growing up, I always knew that there was this, this uh, challenge to swimming among the people that I really respected and cared about all of my life, so much so that my dad's mom passed away before I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, bred, raised, and, and, and uh, growing up in Southern California, there are as many pools and lakes and rivers and swim opportunities are as there are people or glorious sunny days. Yeah. So my swim story began uh, when I was an age group swimmer, which way back in those days wasn't called an age group swimmer uh we were called red white and blue swimmers oh cool (laughs) Uh, so uh i i swam competitively when i was a very young man um and uh did that through middle school high school era uh off to the army and college uh so the army first college second uh and some some crossover between that and uh I uh, graduated college, pursued my, my grandmother's love of chemistry and received my master's in chemistry uh, and my love of the water and having grown up swimming um, and having swam collegiately, not great, but having swam collegiately, uh, but I did, I did swim at school. And so I came home to the Coachella Valley near Palm Springs, was in love with the water. I decided I wanted to be near a swimming pool for the rest of my life. I didn't really work out because I don't get paid well to just be hanging out near a swimming pool. Right. <laughs> so I decided to practice entrepreneurship and start a pool company, which I've grown into the number one largest independent pool service organization in North America. Wow. Uh, and so th- there's my pool story. And all of that segues to my swim story. Uh, so my swim story, uh, very complex. Uh Greatest long-distance swim, greatest challenge, uh, not in the picture behind me, but the English Channel, uh, 2004 and 2005. Really? I, sw- I swam the Channel twice, both in August uh, of 2004 and August of 2005, successfully completed it twice. Uh, so 22 miles, over 22 miles a second time and over 24 miles because of cur- uh, currents and tides the mm-hmm. second time. Uh, Not rocket fast, uh, (laughs) not terribly slow, but 19 hours the first time and 20 hours the second time.
1: Wow. What took Um, you back? I'm sorry? (laughs) What took you back after you'd done it
0: once? (laughs) I wanted to go faster, but I ended up going slower. Ah. (laughs) Uh, And the the whole experience of swimming in the cold water and and the ocean is such an enthralling thing. It's truly and, and, you know, where you get connected to, you know, nature and energy and the water and your own uh, largesse, your own, your own power, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just nothing but you and the water. And there's no one else there. And it's all a mind game. And so I have to go back to I'm a, a, a bigger person. I'm not a small person, despite my name. <laughs> uh, and in the Army, I remember being told the first time I was going to run 50 miles. And I thought, well, that's impossible. I can't even run five miles, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it wasn't about the speed. And that's the same way I approached these swims, uh, which I've done many times now. I never endeavored to be fast. Mm -hmm. I just endeavored to finish, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, So English Channel, grease yourself up. uh, Plenty of hydration before. Lots of bananas and peanut butter. Chocolate bars, (laughs) right? You know, uh, and... (laughs) it's 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 kind of reminiscent to go back to that, standing on the beach and you, you, you have to doubt yourself over and over and over again. Am I really gonna do this? Am I really gonna be okay? And of course you have a pilot with you on a swim like that. So it's a completely different experience, but I did it because I could. Mm-hmm. I did it because somebody said I couldn't. I did it because the first time for my grandmother uh, who passed away, you know, when, when my dad was a little boy, uh, that's why I did it. I did it because other people couldn't. I did it to prove that uh, a guy from Southern California at 24 years old could get in the ocean and swim from England to France, no matter the outcome, no matter how hard it was, no matter how many, and, and you know, doing a swim like that, I guess into about the 12th hour, it's dark, it's cold. You know, you're feeling cranky, you're hungry. Uh, You're not allowed to be assisted. And the thought of quitting goes through your mind every minute, every hour, Mm -hmm. every 15 minutes. And you're thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I torturing myself? Uh, And so uh, I would say that that was probably the beginning of my marathon swimming. Uh, Since then, uh, uh, we go back to about 2006. Let's see, I'm sorry. 2004, my daughter was born. I taught my daughter and coached my daughter in a swimming pool because I have a greater affinity for a swimming pool than open water. Mm -hmm. I taught my daughter how to swim in a swimming pool at eight months old. Uh, uh, She could swim down and retrieve a one pound weight before she could walk. Wow. So that that was the next phase of my swim story. Uh, I took my daughter at six years old and uh, started doing the Alcatraz swims. Oh, neat. So. That's only a two-hour swim. It's a much smaller swim, but man, the water's cold and those yeah. currents are strong. Yeah. Uh, so uh, fun swim. Um, I I eventually uh, through the platform of my swimming pool company, uh, I started the Swim to Win Foundation or Swim to Win Initiative, where I really connected the dots between swimming and winning. Right. And and my philosophy is, if you're a swimmer, you're a winner right off the bat, right? Swimmers are winners, right? We're a special breed of human being. We're stronger, more, we're more resilient, we're tougher, we're better, right? I'm a little elitist about that, but swimmers <laughs> are winners. Uh, so the Swim to Win initiative, and I, I segued that into teaching thousands and thousands and thousands of children how to swim and adults how to swim. We've created initiatives all over the country. Uh, we went to Dallas, Texas, and, and did some some swim training there. We went to Florida, we've sponsored master's meets and learned swim clinics all over the country. Um, I'm not the man I once was. I, I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't attempt to swim the channel today in my 40, almost three-year-old body.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, you know, that was a, many, many years ago. Uh, but the swim story I guess was because I was told I can't, because it was unexpected, mm. because nobody else would, I was going to do it. And I'm just too darn stubborn to have given (laughs) up. Yeah. The second time I went back and said, I got to do it better. And then I ended up doing it worse. Well, it depends
1: what worse is, right? Did you mentally handle it better? Right. I mean, there's the time. is just one factor.
0: (laughs) In the water, at nighttime, mentally, absolutely, I handled it better. Mm -hmm. It was an easier swim for me, but my, my, you know, we all are judged on our results and the results weren't what I wanted them to be. Yeah. Uh, But I did it. And, and since then I became a trustee to USA swimming. Uh, And and I, I, I've worked with USA swimming for a decade now. I I own a swim school. Uh, You know, not the only not, I like to make this claim the only nonprofit swim school in the United States. Nice. It exists, and I've endowed it in perpetuity to ensure that kids can learn to swim forever, right? And uh, as long as I, I grace this planet, it will stay that way. I love uh, that. And, and we're going to teach kids to swim. So so uh, the English Channel Swim, swimming collegiately, teaching my daughter to swim, teaching my son to swim. Uh Oops. all fun endeavors um uh, getting uh involved with usa Swim olympian who i want to take over the swim school uh so that he can use his curriculum because i can write a check i can jump in the water but i can't have the impact that a team usa olympian can have yeah i know what you mean and so we've talked to lenny kraselberg uh, krauselberg about taking that uh Uh, swim school over and and we're 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 kind of flirting with that idea um my funnest swim yeah I have to say my funnest swim would be Lucky's Lake Swim outside of Orlando oh tell me about it Lucky's Lake Swim you can look it up on Lucky's Lake Swim and there's all kinds of you know rumors and speculation and all kinds of things I've never seen any okay but what do you find in a pond in Orlando in the middle of the summer Alligators. Right. So <laughs> it's called Lucky's Lake Swim, a very eccentric uh, uh doctor, Dr. Lucky, and I can't pronounce his last name, uh, who has the world's largest yo-yo collection okay. on property there. And he built a 10-story mo- a tower, a silo. I'm exaggerating a little bit. He built this massive silo and, and houses tens of thousands of yo-yos. Wow. Uh, but he's got the pond. And so the pond's about a mile. You jump in, you swim as fast as you can to one side, turn around and swim as fast as you can back to the other side. So, uh, about two miles, my name is on his wall. Eight times. <laughs> uh, that was my funnest swim. Nice. Um, as I said earlier, I, I, I have vocationally and, uh, uh, in my, in my career been attracted to pools and started a pool company and, uh, Purchased a, a, a learn to swim uh, endeavor, and so I have an affinity towards pools. Uh, my hardest training week, seventy-five thousand yards in a week. Wow, um, a lot. and I was I was just trying to push myself and see how hard I could go. Yeah, and that was probably two thousand fourteen or fifteen. So I was doing seventy-five thousand yards a week. Wow, COVID gave me an extra twenty pounds. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, not being able to swim, not having a lot of open water in the Palm Springs, California, market. Right? Okay? Yeah.
1: Let's rewind so- a little to your okay. So, your post army, like w- deciding to do the channel. Tell me a little bit about that. So, you, you, you most. You said you told me multiple times you have an affinity for pools, and here you are deciding to go do the English Channel. How did that come about?
0: I think that the decision was made because I was told it was the toughest swim on the planet.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I, I was told I, I'm, I'm accustomed to warm water. Mm-hmm. I, I applied in 2002. Mm-hmm. And didn't get a ticket until 2004. Okay. And so I applied multiple times. It took me two years to get permission to swim mm-hmm. and line up the pilot's boat and get the fees. And I had to be a member of that CSA organization for a couple of years in a row uh, so it took it took, a, it took a, a, a little bit of work. What was the decision? Well, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm I'm a I'm a physically a larger guy. I'm not I'm not, you know, like most swimmers who are, you know, uh, live and tall. And, and, uh, <laughs> but so uh, the same reason that I decided I couldn't run 50 miles and then did it 100 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, it was the same reason I decided that the English Channel, which was able to be absolutely the toughest swim on the planet. Mm-hmm. It was easier for me to swim in the cold water really? than in the warm water, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. But but that back about 2004 and uh it was just because someone said I couldn't and I perceived it as the hardest on the planet.
1: Did you do they any... Plain, op- not- yeah. What was the tra- what, I was just going to say, what was the training like? Did you find some open water to train in? or? <laughs> oh,
0: so, so brutal. N- not a lot of open water at home. I mm-hmm. would travel down to the beach and the ocean and, and, and swim for hours and hours and hours in the ocean against the tide, and against the currents, mm-hmm. to train in. But the reality was I would wake up every morning. I'd do doubles every morning, five days a week, and go to the ocean on the weekends. And so mm-hmm. I'm talking like at four o'clock in the morning in the community pool and I would do it for 90 minutes, and I'd go work all day, fuel my body, and I'd go back at five o'clock in the evening and do another 90 minutes. And it was just pushing myself harder than I ever could, mm-hmm. um, uh, because I didn't know what to expect the first time. I, right, didn't, know yeah. what, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I'd never done a big open water swim. I'd failed at a lot of swims, uh, but this one, you know, was was the one that was going to set the record for me.
1: Yeah, what was um, one that you kind of set out to and maybe didn't get the result that you wanted? And what did you learn
0: from that? Good question. Uh, introspection. Um, I, I would have to say that, uh, you know, in my mind, I figured, oh, look what I've done. I can do anything, right? I'm, 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 impe- you know, I'm invincible. Uh, and I, I, I attempted the Catalina Channel Swim. Uh, and it was a far different swim for me. Um, I didn't even make it into the night. Mm. Uh, I got out about 10 hours and I decided to quit because even my pilot, I wasn't in the right mind frame. I was spooked out. So big difference between English Channel Swim and the Catalina Channel Swim, just for the record. You have something called sharks in the Catalina Channel Swim. <laughs> You've got nothing alive but you in the English Channel Swim.
1: And maybe well, some jellyfish. but yeah, some
0: jellyfish, right? <laughs> okay, but that's not intimidating. But right. Out in the pacific you're swimming around and you see these blue sharks they're twice as big as you are right Mm -hmm. and you're going man alive and you go if these things start playing with their food then it's all over with right and so mentally uh it was a, a a far different swim for me i was in a completely different place um and i i i just i i didn't have it there it was many years later that was always that was uh 2015 so many years later I still thought I had it in me I thought I could do it um, I, I had not swam in open water for any long distance I mean let's see 2009 and 10 I was in Lake Lanier doing those 10 ks maybe 2011 also uh, so you know open water uh, in lakes uh, 10,000 yard swims okay in the ocean the warm water I was much more accustomed to warm water and, and fine with the warm water mm-hmm. but uh mentally I just wasn't there and I didn't pr- I didn't train going up to that I was swimming about 35,000 yards a week mm-hmm. uh in a pool I felt comfortable I felt comfortable in my distance in my breathing in, you know in my in my mental picture mm-hmm. but it was a completely different swim
1: yeah yeah so what do you think you learned from i mean obviously different swim i've heard about the bumps in the night haven't done it myself but uh do you think that was more it or is there anything else you kind of learned about yourself and endeavoring something and not really getting the outcome you desired
0: i i guess i like to be humble in that i was arrogant going into that Mm -hmm. i thought that i could do anything because i i oversimplified the whole process Mm -hmm. I convinced myself that it was just a mental game and I didn't prepare physically up to it. Yeah. And I thought, look what I've done, right. I can do anything. And I built companies and uh, established a great rapport and relationship with USA swimming. Mm -hmm. We taught 5,000 kids to swim in one day. I partnered with Team USA and we taught 5,000 kids how to swim in one day with 18 team USA Olympians. Wow. In a program I, Funded and I put together, and we taught five thousand kids in one day. So I mean, going up to that, I was just like, huh, there's nothing I can't accomplish." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't train as I didn't I didn't take my training seriously. Although I trained, um, I didn't. Uh, uh, I What did I learn? What's my takeaway? My takeaway was a little bit of humility from Mother Nature. Yes. Uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, and I failed at some swims before. That's certainly the the biggest failure I have, and I think someday I'll have to go back and do it again. Uh-huh. Sitting in my place right now, I've got a daughter going to college very soon. Wow. Uh, I've got a son who uh, relies upon me every day, and he's 13 years old. And so I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have to swim in a cage because the sharks still freak me out, <laughs> right? Um. Uh. A, a little bit of a spanking from mother nature, a little bit of humility and a little bit of uh just because you have doesn't mean you should. And just because you have, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you should take for granted all those foundational lessons when swimming a, a, a swim like that, mm-hmm. you know, foundational lessons about, you know, how much to hydrate and how much to eat and how much to pack. And, you know, uh, I took it for granted. It's close to home. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's, it's warm weather. I'm, I'm fit. I'm young. And, and, and I failed and it was, it was a hard lesson for, for quite a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. What about, do you have any, um, thoughts on what you've learned about yourself
0: from marathon swimming? When you and I started approaching the, the, the context of this podcast, I said, wait a minute, I'm not a marathon swimmer. <laughs> and I said, uh, that's not who I am. And, you know, we, we, we exchange emails or texts, I don't recall. And um, uh, marathon swimming uh, has taken on a different meaning to me because a marathon to me is, what is it, 128 miles on a bike, 26 miles on a run. Oh, like an
1: Ironman kind of thing? Okay. So that's in my mind what a
0: marathon is. Huh. I go two miles on a swim, just go do it, right? Yeah. Nobody says, well, that's so hard. So, uh, I've always wanted to do an Ironman. Uh, I think I can do the run. I know I can do the swim, the bike though. I bought a bike and I lasted about an hour and threw it away (laughs) because it's very uncomfortable. Uh, and I wanted to then try to do a recumbent bike, but that's not allowed. Right. Oh, mm. so, um, what's my takeaway on, on, on that? Um,
1: well, marathon swim is considered a 10K or longer. So you're See, well... I didn't,
0: I didn't know that. Even until yeah. this point right now, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. And uh, well, some people say it's a state of mind. So, But it doesn't have much to do with marathon swimming specifically. It isn't so much uh, Ironman as a more about swimming and swimming longer and further.
0: So I have to tell you, I think that marathon swimming is defined as a state of mind far more than it's defined <laughs> by a, 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 distance, a
1: distance, right? Yeah. Because...
0: Sometimes I'll go get in the pool and, you know, I'll have a really bad day at work or something really frustrating happens and I'll get in the pool and I'll swim for four hours and I'll swim till I just get out. You know, you know the drill. I don't want to be gross to your, your <laughs> listeners, but, you know, you get out and you you vomit. Right. <laughs> and you just you leave everything there. It's just you, you know, you, you put 150 percent of what you are into that swimming into that water. And in four hours, I'm probably swimming even at a slow pace. Oh, I've got to be swimming 10 miles in four hours, Uh, even lap swimming and lane swimming. But, you know, you you get a little bit discombobulated with how many flip turns you're doing and, you know, the the water. And uh, so uh, I, I would say that, if marathon swimming is a state of mind, I'd say it it's, has more to do with, you know, your state of mind versus where you're at or what you're doing, or if you're in a pool, or if you're in open water. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because it is a state of mind. It's all right there. It's a mental game, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's all just one more stroke, just one more pull, just one more kick, mm-hmm. right? Multiplied by 10 million.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Going back to the English channel, what was the kind of the roughest parts for you giving through okay. that? I mean, you mentioned a little bit, what's that? The nighttime. The nighttime. nighttime.
0: Yeah. The current, you know, the, the self-doubt. Um, so the current on the second trip pushed me way out of the way and I had to swim longer and my pilot said, you know, how much further we had to the shore. And, you know, uh, I guess at some point you go, um, what are we doing, right? What am I doing, right? What
1: was the point? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I, I, you know, with with great interest, I I I, I uh, followed Sarah Thomas's journey. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even make it there and back for you, <laughs> right? and that that gal made it there and back twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I I can't even imagine. I mean, Diana Nyad, right? I hear all kinds of people. There's all kinds of conspiracy theories about her swim. cuba to south florida i hear it all the time and i go go put yourself in that spot we have some incredible people that can be defined as marathon swimmers in this sport and uh active in this sport we have some incredible people and uh uh i I guess going back to english channel when i was in the water uh those stories didn't exist they didn't not yet no (laughs) uh and I remember reading stories of people who made the channel swim, uh, and it took them 26, 27, 28 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the, the exact numbers and records, but I remember reading about people that did it in seven or eight hours, I, I recall. It's I think like the, the records eight something. Eight hours. Yeah. And then I remember uh, uh, watching people do a 5K butterfly. And I'm going, mm-hmm. are they nuts? <laughs> like, Swimming butterfly for 5K? I couldn't swim butterfly for 500 yards, Mm -hmm. And so uh, the hardest part had to be at nighttime in the self-doubt, which goes back to that mental game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It gets colder. Uh, uh, The water drops several degrees. Uh, You have nothing but you and the pilot, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is still several people, but it's not, it's, you know, I'd say the hardest part was self doubt, and and yeah. the greatest accomplishment is when you're walking up on that beach, and as soon as you clear the water and collapsing and just sitting there. And uh... I remember the, the the first time I went back to hotel room after I fueled, and I have a picture of myself somewhere that I was laying on the bed. Mm-hmm. And I took a selfie of myself and I thought I was going to die because I didn't even wash the grease off. Oh. <laughs> and I was just, I was just so exhausted mentally and physically. And uh, so to your question, self-doubt still has to be the hardest part.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that you learned um, from your marathon swim experiences that's carried over to your life with kids and teaching and pools and any Absolutely. in your business? Yeah,
0: Absolutely. 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 Um, When I was, I don't know, 15, 16, 17, and I was swimming, I was swimming 200 yard races, right? Um, I guess that that if I was to try to sum it up in a beautiful set of words or articulate it beautifully, I would say life is a marathon. It's not a Mm -hmm. sprint. Right. And I remember being 20 years old and thinking, man, if you're 40, you're ancient. Right? <laughs> like, like you just, just go ahead and go call the whole die. Right. Uh, and then thinking at 30, I was thinking, 40 is not that old. And at 40, I'm thinking 60 is not that old. Right. right? It's still, yep. you're still good at 60. Now I'm cruising towards 50 and I'm going, hell 80, that's the new 40. Right. <laughs> so, What one lesson could I articulate beautifully? Um, I would say that the the evolution in my mind, that life is a marathon and not a sprint. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that the importance of is not the place that you make. It's not, it's not the the importance of this marathon is just getting it done honorably. Mm -hmm. That's what I have to say. Just getting it done honorably.
1: That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, um, a little bit more about your, your swim school. I'm intrigued about so, your nonprofit swim school. How did this, how this come to be?
0: So, uh, I have to tell a little bit of a story first. Of and course, the please. The way that was, was, you know, I, sp- I'm multilingual. I speak a lot of languages. Spanish is one of them. I was sitting on the pool deck. Sarah, you might remember the year more than I would because she studies this stuff. Uh, I think about 2012. Let's see, my daughter was born in 2004 in May. So this might've been 2010. And I'm sitting on the pool deck teaching my daughter how to butterfly. Uh, And my daughter had joined the local piranhas age group swimming Mm -hmm. and loved every bit of it. Uh, And so I'm sitting there teaching her the mechanics of butterfly. And I watched a father and this was me. This was absolutely me. Uh, even knowing what I know about pools, I could totally see myself doing this to my son. (laughs) But I watched the father of a five-year-old girl. And we're sitting in the the area of the pool down towards the diving well. So it's 17 feet deep, 15 feet deep, something like that. And he goes and pushes his daughter into the pool (laughs) uh, as they're walking along the edge. And I made contact with her eyes in a moment and watched her put her hands up and like a missile boom, down to the bottom of the pool. Oh, and geez. he didn't swim and she didn't swim. Hmm. And this happened five feet from me. Right. Wow. And I don't think that he knew his daughter couldn't swim or maybe hmm. he assumed that there would be grab a lane line, hmm. flail about a little bit. I don't know. But huh. she sunk to the bottom of the pool in 15 seconds. Wow. And then five, three seconds. Who knows? And I knew at that moment she didn't know how to swim. And I Jumped into the pool under the lane line, went down and got her, brought her back up and set her on the deck and yelled at the dad. Right. (laughs) And uh, I felt bad about yelling at him uh, because he didn't speak English and he was just playing around and he Mm -hmm. certainly didn't want to hurt his daughter. Mm -hmm. And I had this epiphany that God had created me and given me my why. And it crystallized and gelled in that moment. And my why was, I have the resources. I have the desire. I have the passion. I have the know-how. I'm a swimmer. I've got a great business. Now we're going to put it all together. And we're going to do it. And I called my friend, Rowdy Gaines, American USA Olympian, and, and my dear friend. And we were on the phone. When I was on the pool deck. And you know, my energy, this was more than a decade ago, was even greater than it is now. Rowdy! Rowdy, we got to do something about this. We got to teach everybody in the whole world to swim. We can't stop. We got to do something about it right now. If you know Rowdy, you know Rowdy is one heck of a good guy. He's the finest ambassador to the sport. And so I, 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 I then called Janet Evans. We went to the same school. She transferred Stanford to SC. Thank you, <laughs> fight on. And so Janet Evans and Rowdy and I got together and formed the swim to win initiative. Um, and that first year, I think we had about 1500 kids show up in that day. Wow. And Janet, Janet traveled around with me various YMCA functions. And uh, we did lots of fun stuff together. And we were teaching kids to swim. And, you know, Rowdy's summary was, Steve, you're even crazier than I am. Right. <laughs> and so I started on this mission of I've got the resources. I've got the intellect. I've got the, I've I've got the drive and desire. I'm going to teach every kid how to swim, but I don't have the mouthpiece. Mm. Right. And so that was getting Rowdy and Janet on that first year. And our first clinic that we put together that summer, uh, I think, let's see, we had Eric Chanteau. We had Chloe Sutton. We had the mayor of Mission Viejo, Brian Goodell. A big shout out to Brian, who's still my dear friend. And And supporter to this day. So, Brian Goodell, Chloe Sutton, Eric Chanteau, Rowdy Gaines, Janet Evans, and God forgive me, whoever I'm I'm missing, because there were more Olympians than that in the first year. And they got to bring out their medals and celebrate swimming. And my idea was we had to take swimming from being this big, scary thing into something fun. Yeah. To be respected, respect Mm. the water at all
2: costs. Mm -hmm.
0: And so we did that. Uh, And we taught, I don't know, 1,500 kids or 2,000 kids how to swim. And then we did the next year. And we did 2,500 kids how to swim. And we did the next year and next year and next year. And the culmination was I was looking to raise money. And I partnered with this fantastic American patriot, Dave Bray, and Madison Rising, and the Agua Caliente Casino and Rancho Mirage. And they were all my sponsors. They all loved what I was doing. And we put on a patriotic rock concert to celebrate America and celebrate <laughs> swimming. I'm quite sure in history, this is the only time it's been done. We put on a patriotic rock concert to celebrate swimming and America at an American Indian casino where they paid for the whole thing, Wow! right? And we sold tickets to this rock concert and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars to celebrate swimming. Wow. We then, we then parlayed that money into the next s- series of clinics and that's when we achieved 5,000 kids. And that year we had 18,000, I'm sorry, 18 American Olympians in one place at one time, the most medaled American Olympians outside of the Olympics ever, period, ever. Right. Wow. I mean, we had the greats like Amanda Beard and Megan Kwan gendrick and uh, boy, uh, Ariana Cookers and uh, Margaret Holzer and Rada Owen and Jason Lezak who coming off of that 2008 amazing relay, right? Mm -hmm. The fastest human, I don't think he's human, (laughs) right? Uh, And we did some awesome things. We established these programs like Take Your Swim Lessons Home, A Donor and a Champion, where we gave master swimmers a chance to race American Olympians. And they all brought out their medals. They signed autographs and they did some awesome things. And then I realized that year that the drowning rate in my home community was going up every year. Oh, wow. Despite all of this good stuff, that was my single biggest professional failure. Hmm. Not my swimming failure, but I judged myself very harshly because I was out in front of the media and hosting rock and roll concerts and teaching thousands of kids how to swim. But the results were, that we lost more children and more adults to drowning in the Coachella Valley in California that year than the other year. I'm going to say that year was
1: 2018.
0: Mm, Wow. So I decided to take a year off uh, and and be a little bit uh, introspective and try to figure out what we're doing wrong, right? And then the pandemic came up. And my partner who had been teaching kids to swim in the Palm Springs area for 30 years needed some help. Um, God rest her. That was uh, Helene Barker, God rest her soul. Helene Barker owned Helene's Learn to Swim. A very good swimming instruction and swim school owner for probably 30 years in the Coachella Valley. She taught my own kids how to swim. Uh, and I bought the business Helene's Learned to Swim in January of 2020. And I decided we were going to find a way to teach every kid how to swim through personalized one-on-one curriculum or one-on-one instruction. And I'm not going to stop until I let up. But the, I was going to gauge myself not on how many times I got in the news, not yeah. on how many Olympians I brought, and not on how many rock concerts I did. Mm-hmm.
2: Right?
0: But how many children that we certified to Red Cross standards that would be safe in the pool? The USA Swimming Foundation says that 88% of all children are drown proof after eight weeks of formal swim lessons. 88% of children. Mm-hmm. The greatest uh, organization for swimming in the United States, the USA Swimming Foundation, says that 88% of all children are drown proof with eight formal swimming lessons. Uh, There are other statistics that say 65% of African Americans can't swim. 55% of Latino Americans can't swim. 40% of Caucasian Americans can't swim. I don't know the numbers for Asian Americans. They say if your parents don't know how to swim, you're 60 or 70% likely to never learn how to swim. So then I go back, a segue to my friend, Dr. who who is the CEO of the National Swimming Pool Foundation for 20 years. And Dr. Lachoki introduced me to a biologist named Dr. I want to say Wallace Nichols. I'd mm. have to look it up. He wrote a book called Blue Mind. You might yeah, be aware of. I'm
1: familiar with Dr. Nichols. <clears throat> and
0: the, 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 the philosophy behind Blue Mind is if we get in the water, uh, there's going to be profound organic implications to our brain right Mm -hmm. and we're gonna be happier and more successful and wait a minute do i hear winning (laughs) so now, now i started to connect all these dots in my peanut sized brain and start to go what are we doing here we know that kids who learn eight weeks of swimming can get swimming lessons we know that and we know that they'll be happier and more successful adults and we know we can can combat juvenile diabetes and childhood obesity and drownings we can fix all this. We can fix this. Mm-hmm. and we know what the what the cure is, and we know what the solution is. And it's fifty five bucks. It's fifty five dollars for me to teach a child to swim is fifty five dollars. a.: Lessons. Wow. Fifty five bucks anywhere in this country, I can teach a child to swim for fifty five dollars. What if and there's no I'm, water? And, and I'm being told that we're going to lose more than three thousand kids and adults every year over something so trivial as $55. Let's extrapolate that and do the math. That's a million five. That means we're gonna throw away 3,000 plus lives every year for a 1,500,000 bucks. Absolutely unacceptable, yeah. unacceptable. And back to, I've got the resources, I've got the, the, the God-given talent and the drive and we're gonna go do it. Because if I can do anything, swimming in 50 degree water, <sighs> For hours and hours and hours and hours, through all the self-doubt, I don't know about the bump of the night. I never really encountered anything, but the water, the 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 wave, not the waves, the, the tide, the current, you know, the 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 break water. I mean, if I can do that, we can teach kids to swim, and and doggone it, we can do it. So, off I went into Helene's Learn to Swim. I bought it. Uh, Helene, unfortunately. Uh, passed away from COVID in June of 2020. I'm so sorry. Uh, So that light was extinguished from this globe, but her name and her legacy lives on. Uh, I'll never change it from Helene's Learn to Swim. That's out of my respect to her. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm building a new swim school, and we're going to open in a commercial facility. Um, I know a pool builder uh, in in town. (laughs) So uh, we're, we're building a swim school. And we're going to we're going to call it Helene's Learn to Swim uh, in perpetuity. And we're going to we're going to hire more coaches. And I talked to you about Lenny Kraselberg and see if he can write the curriculum because he's got that program called Swim Right and a few swim schools in California.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: so my hope is he'll take over and he'll write the curriculum and he'll he'll uh, do good things here. And I can be as simple as writing a check and and then you know, do something as simple as that and, and enjoy swimming. Yeah,
1: right? Yeah.
0: So there there's my long story.
1: Oh, that's it's a great it's great. Thank you very much. And the statistics I think are important to highlight. Um I happen to live in a region that is has very little pool I call it a pool desert. (laughs) And then we also, our lakes are extremely low. Our lakes and reservoirs are really low because of the drought the last few years. So what would you suggest to somebody (laughs) in my situation? I have a tiny eight by 14 endless pool in my backyard, but I can only do so much. And then there's the overhead of pandemic and COVID. And (laughs) I want to find a way to teach more kids how to swim. But I'd, I'd love
0: to hear what your recommendation would be for me in <laughs> this area. You know, when I was leaving the Army, I was flat out convinced. I was going to spend the rest of my life in the Army many, many years ago. And I had a really brilliant uh, company commander named Captain Joel Frobeater. And Captain Frobeater said to me that some of us were meant to serve our country in uniform, and some of us were not. We were meant to serve our country in other ways. Now, if you set, if you take that and overlay it on, on the swimming world, some of us were meant to serve our country and the, and the learn to swim uh, uh, mission in the water, and some of us were meant not. I think I was meant to serve that mission out of the water. So my recommendation is, you asked several things there. Teaching kids to swim, never stop talking about it. Never stop talking about it until we get you know, politicians and uh, 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 thought leaders and financiers and corporations all thinking about it. So, so our mission out of the water is to never stop talking about it. Never stop talking about how easy it is to solve and how drowning is preventable. Uh, So that's step one. Now, to your personal goals. I don't know in southern Oregon uh, what the reservoirs and the lakes are like, although I do know the acute level that they have dropped from southern Arizona, Mojave, Lake Mead, uh, the Colorado rivers. It's tough. Uh, I know that COVID and the pandemic has forced a lot of pools to close. So the first thing I'm going to say is I own some Airbnbs. So anytime you want to come to Palm Springs, I'll okay. help you up and ensure you have a pool to swim in till your heart's content. Okay. Uh, I'm short on lakes and reservoirs yeah. uh, in Palm Springs, but we do have some big pools. Um, I would say that we... Uh, Using an old military term, we close ranks around the resources we do have. We start finding who the benefactors are and who the beneficiaries are, Mm -hmm. right, for keeping those pools open, whether it be pool companies or master's swim teams or schools or athletic departments. We start a a T-chart, beneficiaries and benefactors, right? And we start connecting the dots between those two so we can get them to keep pools open because- A seven by 14 endless pool is a blessing. Don't get me wrong, but it's hard (laughs) to train in, uh, you know, because, you know, as much as they are an endless pool, uh, it's pretty easy to beat them (laughs) if you're not perfect on your stroke and perfect in your positioning, your head comes up, you turn to the right head goes up, you turn to the left. you know, it's, that's a, that's a tough area to swim in. So, uh, identifying benefactors and beneficiaries. Finding a pool that's open, and if you can't keep all of them open, let's close ranks on one that we can't keep open that's in the middle. And if we all put all of our heart and all of our desire and all of our thought into keeping that one pool open, we can then build on that again. Um, I, I would say that's the way to do it. You know, USA Swimming is led by a brilliant guy named Tim Hinchy. Um, uh, and Tim has started to close ranks on all of the swimming world. So uh, Masters Swimming is now becoming part of USA Swimming and the USA Swimming Foundation is now becoming part of USA Swimming. So instead of having multiple organizations and multiple efforts, mm-hmm. he started to streamline and consolidate every, he's been in that position four or five years and he's starting to streamline and consolidate everybody's efforts into one result. And I would copy my friend, Tim Hinchey, the CEO of USA Swimming's methodology in saying, close ranks, find a way to keep a pool open, even if it's a 25 yard pool and flip turn until you can't do it anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other um, thing
0: I've been trying to do this year is um,
1: kind of to get the two birds with one stone and get to have parents work with their kids in the waters as a way to, you know, because the first thing a kid does when you teach them to go into waters, they spit in your face. And so in the face of uh, COVID, it feels, you know, like I just as soon have the parent in the water with the child And I like to show parents the basics and then so they kind of know what they could work on with their kid if they're, you know, not at my pool or things they could work on with their kid in their bathtub or their little puddle at home or whatever they've got. So that's been an interesting way of kind of tackling the problem, but it's really interesting to me how a lot of parents are kind of adverse to like, they don't, they're, they're not comfortable in the water. You know, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's been fascinating to me to try to figure out how to tackle the problem. I sincerely appreciate your recommendations though. And I, and I need a bigger venue at the end of the day. So I need to find the the places around town that we could keep open that are open and, just, I think, I think you made some great recommendations. So I appreciate that a lot. And I very much appreciate you sharing your story today too. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you know what I always thought would be an awesome thing is if USA Swimming could come together and compile a database of every 25 yard, 50 yard and 50 meter swimming pool in this country, mm. right? Uh, it's a lot of work and yeah. I'm not saying it can't be done and I'm not saying it's not on their roadmap, but I can't speak for USA Swimming. Right. I'm just saying that it would be an interesting uh, thing that that we could all find where we could train together, where we could swim together, where Mm -hmm. we could teach together. Um, And that's an interesting philosophy because I always tell kids, you put your goggles on, put your face in the water and blow bubbles. That's the first thing we do, put your face in the water and blow Mm -hmm. bubbles. I don't let them spit on me. (laughs) uh, I mean, that's an interesting thing. And that's just generally because I can move faster than those little guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But, but that's an, uh, uh, that's that's a that's a great solution to a very age-old problem teaching kids to swim
1: yeah yeah well there's, there's yep yep everybody teach your kids to swim if you know someone who's not a swimmer take them with you to the water I don't know um yeah I should appreciate appreciate your words so much thank you so much Stephen I really appreciate your time today
0: I appreciate your platform and the opportunity.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of the Intrepid Water Accountability Group? We'll support and encourage each other on a private chat platform, pursue monthly challenges both in the water and on land, and meet virtually once a month to dive deep on a topic. If you'd like to join a group of like-minded limit pushers from around the globe, join the Intrepid Water Accountability Group. Find out more at intrepidwater.com.